Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn why the camera adds 10 pounds and what you can do about it, why asteroids called Trojans could change what we know about the origins of our solar system, and a technique to help you avoid stress and stay calm. Let's satisfy some curiosity on the award-winning Curiosity Daily. If you're struggling with your selfie game, then don't worry, you are not alone. You know the saying that the camera always adds 10 pounds? Well, that's actually kind of true. Fortunately, you can blame technology. And even more fortunately, there are ways to get around it. Oh man, I'm going to become an Instagram influencer. (laughs) I know you've always wanted to be one. Always. (laughs) It's not true at all. Just stick that hip out and uh, smize at the camera. Smize? Yeah, Yeah, that's that's where you smile with your eyes, not, not with your mouth. Okay, can we not use the word smize in this story? <laughs> okay, I promise I will never say the word smize again after right now, smize. Excellent. So the main reason you might look wider in photographs comes down to the limitations of the camera itself. Most people see the world with binocular vision. That is, they've got two eyes that each capture their own slightly different perspective of a scene. The brain combines those perspectives to come up with a three-dimensional impression of the world. A camera, on the other hand, has monocular vision. It's stuck with the one eye it's got, its lens. And that one lens can't get as complete a picture as a human visual system can. You can create the illusion of depth in a photo by changing stuff like light and shadow and perspective, but it's not the real thing. And when something looks flatter, it looks wider too. Turning on the flash usually makes this worse. The camera also adds some weight because of a thing called barrel distortion. You know that fisheye effect you get from a wide angle and telephoto lens? That's good when you want to see more stuff in a scene, but if there's a person in the center of that shot, then they'll look wider than they do IRL. Different camera lenses, including different phone cameras, by the way, produce different amounts of this distortion. But there are ways to get around it. First, angle every part of your body. Stick your neck forward to sharpen your jawline. It might feel weird, but give it a shot. And make sure the camera's at an angle, too. Remember, flat means wide, so you want to create the illusion of depth as much as possible. Angles make that happen. Second, if it bends, bend it. Put a soft bend in your elbows. Bend the knee closest to the camera or cross your ankles. Pop a hip back. That makes everything look more narrow. Third, don't make yourself front and center. Whatever's closest to the lens looks the biggest. You don't want to be the closest person to the camera in a group picture, so stand a bit behind the person next to you, even if that means sacrificing your BFF to the wide-angle lens demons. And if any of this is hard for you to picture, then feel free to check out the video we made about this very subject last year. You can find it on the Curiosity YouTube channel, and we'll also post a link to that in today's show notes. You know who's probably terrible at selfies? Who? Stannis Baratheon. Because he won't bend the knee. (laughs) That's a pretty good one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really proud of that. You know about planets. You know about moons. But do you know about Trojans? They're asteroids, sure, but they've been captured by the gravitational dynamics of larger celestial bodies nearby. Five of the planets in our solar system have at least one Trojan. Uranus has one, Earth has one, Neptune has 13, and Mars has seven. Want to guess how many Jupiter has, Cody? 20 or 30? Like A million. Literally a million. Literally like around a million. We don't even know exactly how many. Yeah, that's a lot more than 20. Yeah. So you can visualize Trojans the way you might visualize a presidential motorcade. In this case, let's say the president is Jupiter. 
The president rides in a limousine along a prearranged route in the center of the motorcade, like the way Jupiter follows an orbit around the sun. That limousine is flanked by cars that have other important officials, and you can think of those as Jupiter's moons. Then you've got the Secret Service and police officers driving in front of the limo and SWAT teams and press vans behind the limo. Here, the Secret Service and police in front are Jupiter's L4 Trojans, or the Trojan Node. And the SWAT teams and press in back are Jupiter's L5 Trojans, or the Greek Node. L4 and L5 are named for their Lagrange points. Those are specific spots in space where objects can stay in a stable orbit thanks to the combined gravitational forces of large bodies. In this case, Jupiter and the Sun. Every pair of bodies has five Lagrange points, and some are more stable than others. Astronomers here on Earth use Lagrange points L1 and L2 to park spacecraft, although these points are unstable, so spacecraft have to constantly tweak their orbits to stay put. But L4 and L5 are very stable. And that's why so many asteroids and other cosmic debris call those Lagrange points home, not only in Jupiter's orbit, but also the orbits of Earth, Mars, Neptune, and Uranus. Objects at the L4 and L5 points share an orbit with their chosen planet about 60 degrees ahead or behind. So far, all we know about the Trojans in our solar system, we know because of telescopes. But NASA has plans to launch a mission to dig deeper. It's called the Lucy mission, and it'll take a 12-year journey to one asteroid in the main belt and six Trojans around Jupiter. Scientists think the Trojans may be remnants of the primordial material that formed the planets. So the Lucy mission may rewrite our understanding of the origins of the solar system. Can't wait to see what's out there. Speaking of our solar system, today's episode is sponsored by Mova Globes, spelled M-O-V-A. They're globes that rotate by themselves. You don't need to find a perfect Lagrange point to keep these things going. MOVA globes rotate using a technology that's the first of its kind, so all you need is light. There are no batteries or cords. They just do their own thing. There are 40 different designs of MOVA globes, and that includes the Vesta asteroid, in case our last story got you really amped up about asteroids. The moons and planets in their space collection were made using images from NASA and other space organizations, so they're pretty accurate. I've got a globe of Mars on my desk. And so does Elon Musk. Seriously. The antique terrestrial map is more my style, but like we said, there are a ton of designs to choose from, including a great selection of other antique maps. No matter what your style is, we have an exciting offer for Curiosity Daily listeners. You can get 15% off your purchase. Please visit movaglobes.com slash curiosity and use coupon code curiosity. That's C-U-R-I-O-S-I-T-Y for 15% off your purchase. Again, to get 15% off of your purchase, visit movaglobes.com slash curiosity and use coupon code curiosity. We'll wrap up today with an easy way to stay calm in times of stress. It's called the pre-mortem technique. That's another name for the concept of prospective hindsight, which was developed by a psychologist named Gary Klein in order to better handle stressful scenarios as they happen. It's important because when you're stressed, your body produces adrenaline and cortisol, and those raise your heart rate and cloud your thinking. If you've ever made a bad choice in the heat of the moment, which I have definitely done, then you know what I'm talking about. The pre-mortem technique is a way to prepare for that stress before it happens. It goes like this. Look into the future and imagine the worst-case scenarios you may have to deal with. Next, do what you can to stop those nightmarish visions from becoming a reality, or at least to minimize the damage they might cause. That's pretty much it. The trick is to use your precious, stress-free time to think clearly and rationally plan for a disaster scenario. 
There are easy ways you can get your pre-morteming going right now. Start by designating places for things that are easily lost. Put your house keys in a bowl by the front door. Keep your phone near the charger when it's not in your pocket. Stuff like that. Hopefully you won't lose those things anymore, and you've successfully prevented a few future freakouts. The pre-mortem technique can also be applied to more serious problems, like medical treatments and financial decisions. Sit back, relax, and make plans, and you'll be ready to tackle even the most serious problems in your life. Read about today's stories and more on Curiosity.com. Join us again tomorrow for the award-winning Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.